<laughs> Jacob, I was just wondering. Have you read any new good books? <laughs> new good books. No, but can I change your question to answer a different one? <laughs> you want to change my question? No, no, no. no. So here, let's sure. I'm going to answer right it, ahead. but I'm going to take it a slightly different direction. You so, can do whatever you want to. It's your oh answer. Okay, that fair. It's fair. <laughs> I own it. I, I'm I'm taking that on. So we did a training this Friday with counselors and administrators at my campus. Um, we went off and did uh, it was like a you know it was like a little group thing for a few hours. And on our way back, um, I was telling them that I was maybe going to go to Barnes and Noble this weekend or whatever, see if I could find something interesting. Uh, they were like, Barnes & Noble? Why Barnes & Noble? One of my APs was. And I go, well, I like Barnes & Noble. It's a good place. I'm like, why not independent stores? And I'm like, I don't know. Independent stores are kind of small, to be honest. They don't really have a lot of stuff. And they were like, well, there's one walking back. Let's go in there. So I was like, all right. So we're walking back from lunch after the training. Went into uh, this independent bookstore. Um, and it was nice. It was it was kind of quaint. It was very tiny. Um and then, honestly, they didn't have a big book selection, uh, which I thought was funny. But, you know, they had it was interesting to kind of go in there. You could see some different things. They had some cups and shirts and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, but I ended up wandering into like the nonfiction section and I found this book that really intrigued me. And it was a used book, but it was from I have it in the other room. Uh, but it is, uh, basically a, a biographical account of Paul's life. So the biblical Paul. Oh. And so I just thought it was an interesting concept because, you know, you get the take from this person, you know, from the, the scriptures and whatnot. And, you know, for anyone who's read it, you know, Paul or Saul, depending on, you know, the era that you're reading about him is, uh. He's an interesting person, you know, just someone who did the worst and then ended up being redeemed and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think the the narrative there is really fascinating. And so the idea of reading, you know, a 250 page, 300 page, you know, biographical account to kind of really dive into this, I thought it was an interesting concept. So I bought it, it as four dollars, big spender. Um, so that that's what I'm on right now. Have I read much of it? I have not been a little bit busy this weekend, but I plan on jumping into it, um, and exploring it. So maybe I can re-answer this question later, but that's, that's my latest. Other than that, I really haven't read anything. The last book I read was called, uh, the three body problem, which is a really weird, like absolutely strange scientific or uh, science fiction, uh, book. Um, very strange. I don't know. There's three of the books. I don't know if I'm going to jump to the next two. Cause this one is just really odd, but <laughs> it was, um, it was interesting nonetheless. So that, that was my last fiction book I read. Uh, and then I bought this one recently. So you're not sure if you like it or not. I have a little <laughs> granddaughter sitting here talking to me. She wants to say hello. <laughs> well, let her say hi. I'm sure the audience will love it. All right. Here you go. Say hi. Hi. Look at that. Hey, everyone yeah. says hi back. Everybody says hi back. Wave. Okay, you better go to bed. <laughs> I better hurry and go to bed. 
She better hurry and go to bed, she says. Yeah, yeah she needs to go to bed. We all need to go to bed. It's late. Good night. Love you. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, my goodness. But that's why, that was, that's why there was a pause. I was like, okay. she snuck in here on me. She's quiet. And then, you know, she came on over. Sometimes I think so, we just need to always record video and that way the, at least the Patreon, like we just leave it for the Patreon people, anyone that subscribes over there, but we could, that way they could see like the gaps or like the things that happen <laughs> off camera. Cause there's, there's always something happening, whether it's a cat, a grandkid, my kid walks in or your dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's a, she's a cutie. She was trying to whisper and then, and then she, you know, it was kind of funny. So, uh, so anyway, so that sounds pretty good. Of course, I'm interested in that. I like to know all the biographies and things like that. Yeah, so. interesting. I, I love a good biography. Yeah. So how far have you gotten into it? You said you haven't read that much. How far have you gotten into that book? Not, not at all, really. It just kind of like the first like intro and then um, some of the other details. So I've been... Like I said, I haven't had much reading time, which my reading time has been really cut down a lot. I would say just this year in general, because it's it's a weird experience because a lot of people read to relax. And I treat it almost as like a read to study, so to speak. So like reading doesn't actually relax me. It actually kind of stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like, I've got all this other stuff you have to do now. Well, yeah, but also just reading in general, like it's not, I don't do it. I do it for pleasure, but I, but I'm always studying it. So it feels like work. And so when I'm super busy, uh, reading kind of falls to the wayside a little bit because it's like, if I pick it up, it's like, oh my God, I'm adding one more thing to my plate. Cause in my head, I'm like, I got to read 30 pages. Now I got to read 30 pages tomorrow. Like it's like a job I have to return to. Um, and it's a weird experience. Like when, when I'm relaxed, like it's fine. I'm like, sweet, this is my task. I'm going to conquer this book in two weeks or whatever. But just adds a little something. That's a weird nuance for someone who loves reading so much. You wouldn't think it it does that. Oh, but. no, I've, I think I think and, and maybe other teachers can can relate. But I'm I'm a little bit the same sometimes. I mean, I, I love to read and I read a lot. But because we were teaching it and doing all that. So sometimes uh, I'd be sitting in there. All these people are talking about the brand new book that they just read. And I'm like, um, OK, I can tell you about the movie I just went and watched. <laughs> sometimes it's easier for me to spend that time watching a movie because I'm not having to work through the text because I'm like you. I'm like finding uh, sentences and finding uh, figurative language that I might can use or, you know, I'm always thinking about the lesson because it's just the way my brain is trained. So anyway, there you go. Well, with that, everybody, this is Craft and Draft and I'm Pam Ochoa. That's Jacob Chastain. So what are we going to be doing today, Jacob? We are going to be diving into quite a bit today. I like today's conversations inspired by some of your work as usual these days, but um, the idea of looking at curriculum through topics, skills, genre, theme, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the different ways to think about this. And I think it's an interesting conversation because I think we get lost in the weeds sometimes about what we want to teach. Um, we we talk about skills a lot, but we miss out on theme or it goes the other way sometimes. And we talk about themes and we don't hit enough on skills. And so I think it's a 
it's an interesting conversation to have, and we're going to dive into that. But before we do that, I want to tell you that this episode is supported by you all, the people who jump on, subscribe, leave reviews, and most importantly, join us over there on Patreon, patreon.com slash craft and draft. You can find that link at craft and People subscribe at the listener, listener plus tiers. Listener tier gets you a bonus episode every single month, some other perks as well. And then listener plus tier gets all of our videos access to our trainings that we do every few months, our craft and draft video, some bonus lessons and a lot more. So jump over there. We keep adding to it. We keep trying to find ways uh, to add value over there. So if you want to support us, even just for a little bit at the listener plus tier, go do that. And then you can drop it down to the listener tier and you can be flexible. That's why Patreon is a good platform. That's why we like it is because it gives you all some flexibility with how you want to support us. Um, and if you've already gotten your value in one, then jump to the other. If you want the other value, jump back and you can just do whatever you do. But if you don't have any dollars to pass our way, that's wonderful. Just the same. We know things are tight these days. Subscribe. Show me anything that helps us a lot and leave a review of the podcast. Um, if you are enjoying it, but our supporters, the people who are putting in the work, they are Alicia, Brandy, Leah, Mark, Amy, Sarah, Rebecca, Courtney, Carol, Melissa, Destiny, Lori, Natalie, Susan, Tracy, Andrea, Hannah, Lori, Jen, Matt, and our newest Patreon supporter, Amanda. Welcome, Amanda. We are You're glad welcome. you are here. She had made a comment over there that we need to do some more bonus lessons. So we're going to have to do that. We were already talking about that off air so you are never not heard when you are a patreon of us but without further ado let's go have a conversation already missed our show before we do that you had a special question that came to you i did you did so courtney our fearless friend who is always in the know she's probably our most diehard supporter she (laughs) loves this stuff she's an incredible educator she's been on the show um and she, she's, I feel like she's been a part of our lives for quite a while. But she says, hi, Pam. I was wondering when you'll be in Houston for the Abydos Conference. Will you be there all three days? I'm in Houston and would love to meet up. I'm also considering going to the conference as our district counts it towards our PD hours. I'm seeing if they will pay for it. Laughing face. So Ochoa, <laughs> talk about the Abydos event, training, PD, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. It's the uh, Abydos uh teacher and trainer conference. And uh, this year they're talking about legacy. Uh, I think that's the theme. Uh, so they, they're doing a theme. And uh, they actually, when they realized that I had signed up to go, um, they reached out to me and asked me if I would present. And so I'm actually going to present at it. I don't know what day I'm presenting because they haven't sent that back to me. Uh, either Saturday or Sunday, but probably Sunday. That usually seems to be the days I end up going. But uh, yeah, it's a three-day conference. I think they have some pre-conference time as well on Thursday. Um, and so you could you could join that for a little extra cost. I'm probably going to be driving in on that day. So yeah, Courtney, I'll be there and maybe we can hook up and, and, uh, and maybe see each other. That'd be great. So yeah, I'll be... Um, I go I go every year. That's one of the requirements for me to be able to be a trainer. I have to I'll always be a trainer, but for me to be current, that's how we are current. So sometimes they'll have like a meeting with us and then they'll teach it. They'll tell us all the new things they want us to do and how we need to stay current and uh, any kind of new training offerings that are available or let us know that we're available to to train. And so um, so that we have to go to that if we're going to be able to 
to reach out to and do institutes and stuff for people. So yeah, I will be there and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good conference. There's um, a lot of good presenters. We have, uh, there'll be some guest speakers. That's how I've gotten to meet some people like Linda Reef and other people, because they have these authors that come in and present and talk about their writing experiences. And so it's been a, a really cool thing for all these years that I've been doing it. As a matter of fact, 30 years ago, this summer was when I actually started uh, Abydos. It was New Jersey Writing Project. So 30 years ago, this summer is my anniversary to take my first training, which was a three-week, 15-day training. It's down to 12 days now, but it was 15 days. And we went from 8 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. And they were very strict about it. and you didn't miss. So it was fun. I got all 15 days in and did a lot of writing and reading. And so the next year I became a trainer. So, so I've been a trainer for 29 years, but 30 years I've been trained. There you go. Crazy. Talk about time flying. Doesn't it? You and I, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast. I feel like you're my confidant in this because it's like, (laughs) we're, cause we're, I mean, we are, I mean, we're generations apart, right? But we've also, yeah. You're my son's age, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So we we have that uh, perspective, but we also have, you know, we've I've been trained by you as a young educator. We've mm-hmm. worked together as coaches. We've trained people together, and we've done podcasts together. And there's there's just so much there. But the one thing, like, what the reason I say you're a confidant is because it's like you've you've seen so many phases but you've always been so focused on i guess not i mean abydos is connected to that but just like workshop teaching and and always kind of shooting for an authentic approach to stuff and your i think that's it it's like i guess my question and my thought that i'm trying to go to is just handling that time like do you feel like it's you've been training people for 29 years no it's not until i sit in a room <laughs> uh, it's not until i sit in the room uh like at one of our professional developments at least it, it really happened about four years ago to be honest we're sitting in a room and i was like oh i think i've trained and I looked around and I think there were only three people and they were new three people that I hadn't trained in a room of like 20 something teachers. So, <laughs> so it's not then. And then some of them were older and younger. And so, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. Um, it, it's kind of wild. Like yesterday I said, even like teaching for this long uh, yesterday, not yesterday. Yesterday was not, it was last week, but this kid, he comes up and goes, Miss Ochoa, you taught my, you taught my mom. <laughs> I hadn't even, we got in the whole year and I did not realize uh, that his mother was one of my students. So those kinds of things. Yeah. It seems sometimes it seems, you know, like it was just yesterday. I mean, I can remember, I remember sitting, I know exactly where I sat in the Institute. It was so life-changing. And I sat with my friend, Angie Husbandette. I went ahead and said her name. I've been trying to get her on our podcast. She's a little shy, but she would be a delight to have. She's my, one of my training friends. And we went, we sat at the corner together and we would, we would write together and share together. And 
we still share together. And so I hope she, I hope she gets to come to the, to the training, but anyway, yeah. So I remember right where I was. It just seems like yesterday, but in that time I've had children and they've grown up and it's been a while. So kind of wild, but uh, yeah, I've trained a lot of people. Yeah. So with that, I think this ironically enough transitions into, I guess the topic of the show, which is, this idea of, you know, you've been around a while, you've seen a bunch of different things, you've gone to different trainings, Abydos is very intensive, you have to do tons of research, and you have to mm-hmm. always have a lot of resources to kind of back up what you say. It's not just, hey, this works for me, Rightfully Empowered is a perfect example of a book that would not work in an Abydos conference, because it is not heavily cited the way something in Abydos would need to be, right? Oh, um, well, yeah. And I do, that, I, you know, and I, I kind of knew that on purpose, I didn't want it to be a heavy book, but still, just uh, the reason I'm saying that is to just kind of praise the process a little bit and praise Abydos and mm-hmm. praise the the work that it really does take to be a trainer and do those things. But with that said, this idea of skills versus, you know, thematic units or whatever, I think it's interesting. Like, do you think there's a way we lean to naturally? And is that is that the right way? Like, do, do we lean naturally towards skills? Do we lean naturally to a thematic unit when we're teaching does it matter what's what's your thoughts and i guess i guess you could start by talking about why you're thinking about this anyway if you want to well you know we're now you know two weeks before the star test and those kinds of things and our you know for those of you who are not in texas that's our high stakes testing that we have to do and i'm sure everybody has to do it at some point in time and whatever they're their standards are or whatever for their, their state or country. But the whole thing is um, right now, everybody's talking about skills, skills, skills. we got to do skills. And what I've noticed is, and, and, uh, you know, while we're doing that, we start teaching everything in isolation and that goes against my grain a little bit. So I'm like being, it's being pushed on me to do skills, Right. And focus on the skill only. And it's like, but I I don't, I'm just having trouble with uh, getting on that boat, if you will. So I'm more like, I don't mind teaching the skill, but I need to teach the skill in more of a context way. So how do you do that? And so that those are some things that I'm thinking about right now. So when you ask me what topic we want to do, um, theme versus skill versus genre based because we had so so it was given to us and 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 there's I'm not criticizing anybody I'm just trying to work through this and that is the fact that you know one person sent us some stuff and it's all genre based everything's genre based you got to go through this genre then this genre then this genre and and okay that's fine and then and then we get another um training, if you will. And it's like skills, skills, skills based on your standard. What skills, what skills? And then nobody's talking about theme. And except my mind is thinking I need to go theme and do all of it within a theme. And so that's kind of where I'm at. And so I'm kind of going against the grain by doing theme, I think. So, uh, I guess I, what I need to do is talk it out so that I can feel good about what I want to do. So with that said, if we're talking test, 
Well, right now it's test. Mm -hmm. Sure. So in that context. See, I'm I'm talking through it in my head right now. Um, I know. (laughs) So my my gut reaction is skills first for test. But. We've seen the downside of that. You only focus on skills. You you take things out of context too often. Then what happens? Kids can't put it together. They can't synthesize. They can't do the heavier lifting of reading uh, in, in a broader context. And so they might be able to, you know, read a small, like you print out a skills thing for theme, right? In a small paragraph, they could read it and write a thematic statement maybe, but can they do that in a longer passage? Can they do it in a greater context? Can they do it in essay format, which they might have to do uh, Mm -hmm. on the new test? I think that's the interesting conversation because it's, you know, I guess ultimately, you know, if you really want to boil down, it's not a either or situation, but I think the, the better question is when do you focus on which, right? At what point do you switch to skills based? At what point do you switch to a more thematic, more global, approach um and i would say it would be i guess based on data right because if your kids are being able to i guess data and time because like let's use theme for instance if you're trying to get kids to be able to really answer questions about theme you can practice more with a bunch of shorter things than a longer story so time wise is there but when they get to the test, they're going to have to do it in a longer story. So how do you how do you how do you weigh that? Well, I think that's what I'm 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 dealing with right now because because I mean I'm okay. I mean some people are like you know like let's do this little small passage answer question small passage answer question. Uh, some people are doing what is it um, games? You know what I mean? Like Jeopardy and all of that. And I'm not. I've tried that. Uh, my mother has a great game that, uh, you know, that she gave me that I think would work, but I, you know, I, and, and I have used it and, but I don't know if I saw as much gain just by doing that. So I don't know. It's, it's, a uh, it's interesting. So that's, that's what I'm dealing with right now. So what I've chosen to do at this point is on Mondays, I'm focusing on all the writing aspect of the test been doing this for three days three three weeks now so on mondays all the the writing aspect of it and what i mean by that is probably my mondays are kind of skilled based if you will as far as like how to uh revise and edit on those passages uh so that's a little isolated right now as far as like I gave the, you know, like we're reviewing, like I today I reviewed with them uh, using, you know, somebody's acronym with arms and cups and, and men. So I used acronyms, you know, kind of reminded them how to do stuff. And then we actually did a passage for revising and editing and the kids actually worked through it. And we talked about it and, and, uh, you know, and we went over the questions. What do these questions look like? So I, so I did do that. That's true. Uh, star prep, if you will, for for English, for the writing side of it, but uh, as far as the revising and editing. And 
showed the students where they're probably going to have to type in an answer versus do a multiple choice. So those are some things that I talked to them. This is how it used to be. And I pulled up some old tests. But tomorrow, for example, um, and what I've been doing in the last three weeks, I've been doing that technology unit that we talked about a while back. And my students are actually creating an infographic uh, with their technology, all the stuff they learned about technology. They're going to choose some aspect uh, to create an infographic based on what they learned from a, from our uh, our our you know discussion. But while I was doing those lessons, I would also stop and ask a few questions and put like some questions in an A, B format. But the theme was all technology, good or bad. And and uh, the main two questions that I was asking them was how has technology changed our world? And then the other question was how has technology improved our world? One of the things that my students that I have this year, they kind of lean towards the negative as far as their social, they're kind of angry. Uh, not all of them. I've got some great kids. But what I'm saying, when you get them together as a group, this one particular group that I've struggled with, they just kind of go to the angry side. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to make them think about positive, more on a positive note. And so I thought I'll finish up these next two weeks. And so Monday, Tuesday, I mean, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm focusing on a theme, but I'm going to use the genres and then teach the skills through that. How's that <laughs> for bringing it all in? <laughs> but it's going to be focused on the theme. So uh, my theme is how do you overcome and, and become successful See uh, through trials? Uh-huh. I think that is the piece, right? It's... It's finding ways to really tie it in a bunch of different ways. Like, and I think that's where my happiness in teaching has always been. And really success is like looking at something in a bigger context. So I don't know, let's say poetry, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, when I do a poetry unit, if that's really what I'm primarily focusing on, then I'm going to find pieces that fit the standards and then from there, I'm also going to double up and try to find a piece that is emotionally relevant. And what I love to do is I would uh, create kind of mini themes from that. Like if I showed something on Monday and kids really liked it, then I might go to a different thing. I'm trying to think of I'm sure we said it on the podcast when I was talking about uh, Plato's allegory of the cave. Remember when we had those conversations? Yeah. Oh, yeah, those were so good. that stuff. Right. It's when, because that came from, uh, I forget what the, the series of the lessons were. Maybe I need to go back and, and get that. That might be a good one to share for the Patreon people to walk through. But um, just the, I think we were talking about truth, like what is truth? And we were having mm -hmm. a lot of conversations about, you know, just like what you think is true might not be the same as someone else. So who's right? Can two truths be correct? Um, mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, the whole idea of, you know, the, the blind people like trying to figure out what they're touching. It's an elephant. And so they, they're touching all different parts of the animal, but mm -hmm. is anyone wrong? No, but is anyone really right? Also? No. And so 
Um, I think a lot of that went into the, the, you know, the idea of the cave, which is if you're the only one who sees the truth and the truth is so different from people's reality, they don't believe you, but it doesn't make you wrong, even though society might call you a pariah. Right. And so I think doing all of that, but within the context of skills, too. Right. Because we'd be talking about figurative language. We'd be talking about themes. We would be talking about um argument if you really wanted to so you could i mean you could as as much as time permitted and what your kids knew and what level they were you could really rope in tons of stuff i think this is why people like novels too right like teaching a novel Mm -hmm. is because it lends itself to so many things because you can do hey we read the first three chapters let's take this chunk right here and let's write some questions for it that way kids can practice just Skills about answering questions in regards to characterization, setting, plot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you can also talk about it in a larger context with the actual story, the, you know, the pages on pages on pages. Um, and I, I think that's an interesting approach, too, because it's something that most schools or I'd say a lot of schools have really moved away from is the whole novel. But truthfully, if you're talking about something like this, teaching kids through a huge context, then the novel is the way to go. I know before you came to the campus where we worked together, uh, we actually did tutorials using novels. So like I had a whole tutorial group where they came and read holes together. And, but we had a a dialogic journal at the time. So we were writing down quotes and responses to it. And then, you know, every, because I don't want to kill them. It was like every three days or anytime, like really kind of something big happened, we would really analyze a piece or a section of it. And ask some actual good questions. And I got to tell you, that was one of like the best like tutorial rounds because kids liked it. They wanted to show that. I mean, they didn't want to be at tutorials, but they wanted to show up, you know, to figure out what was happening in the novel. They wanted to talk about the characters and stuff. So it felt less school like, but I was still working on those skills. So I don't know, just an interesting rabbit hole. I just took a tour down. But no, that, I, th- I think that's what I like about going that direction. And that's what, you know, like when I did the giver and when we did um i did on my honor with the kids and i also which is a little bitty book but it's so powerful and then uh this year i also did uh um the outsiders because that one just kids just love that book and so but i did it with paris and with pairing con you know passages with that i didn't just do the book in isolation i did the book in relation to other opinions and other things and other stuff that's going on with it and i think that's the same idea here so like what i did is i found i found a actually a fable uh which has got story you know it tells a story my students are struggling a little bit with uh you know character development story and things like that but one of the things that my students, this one particular group, especially they score low a lot of times on identifying the theme. So I have to do something with theme because, you know, I need, I need them to be able to see themes. And of course our, our standard deals with themes across multiple texts. So if that is what they're going to be asked to do, then I need to focus on that. So what I did is I'm going to, my theme, I've chosen a theme and I've chosen a fable, I've chosen a poem, I've chosen informational text, and I've chosen um, like a biography type text. And um, 
and they all are related in some way. There's something about them that's related. But the one thing that's related about all of these pieces is that people are overcoming something in their life in order to be successful. And so because they are willing to persevere, willing to think out of the box, they are able to solve problems and come out uh, better for it. And so that's the theme. Uh, you know, people, uh, if they persevere and work through their problems and think out of the box, they can become successful. So that's really my theme uh, in one way or another. And so I'm thinking if I can teach them that way through the theme, then it's more like in a context and I can, I can hit that across genres, that multi-genre aspect of how they might be tested because I know in star in the past, uh, one of the hardest parts is this idea of a paired passage where they look and see how things are connected, how things are not connected. How are they the same? How are they different? Uh, what's the theme that's in all of these where they all, you know, that kind of stuff. And I want them to be able to do that. But in the meantime, also show the students and I've already shown them their data. They know what they're low in. So now what I'm doing is making sure I tailor some questions that will hit those things, those skills. And so I'm doing like a little mini lesson, a review on that skill. And then, um, teaching through theme, it sounds complicated, but it's really, we read it first. I, I do a mini lesson first and then we read it. And then we go look for those things I did the mini lesson on. And then in the meantime, they are writing about the theme because we also are being asked to write short answer, constructed responses and long constructed responses about these texts. So there'll be a short constructed response and a long constructed response on Friday involving these three, three different days of text. So I don't know. I think, I think that way I'm able to, to combine all of those things. Cause I don't want to think that they're there. You can't just pick one over the other. It's, it's how you focus it. But if I focused on skill first, then I'll be, it'll force me, I think, into little games or short passages. And I don't get this big idea theme across the text. And so I feel like theme is the way for me to go. But when I try to explain it to my team and all that, they just kind of go, no, we're going to go here and do our game. Which is fine. I'm not, I'm not, I really, I'm not criticizing well, them. Here's, I think, I think this way, and I don't know how to not think this way. Sure. I had a man on Teaching Teacher years ago talk about star stuff. He used to be a principal. Um, he, you know, we were talking about like the, the stuff you do for, you know, star testing or whatever. He's a Texas principal. And he was like, you know, I gotta do Star Wars, you know, and like all the <laughs> <clears throat> all the plans that you have or whatever. But he also in that episode, I need to link it. I forget what the number was. Um, it was a long time ago. But he he also went into a lot of detail about he was like, you know what happens when, you know, you can we can spend all of our time really focusing on the tests and doing all of that or we can teach kids how to do what our subject is asking them to do. We can teach kids how to think like historians and to, and to have a critical eye because I think the, like in, in history where kids get thrown off is it's, 
I, I guess there, it depends on your test, but here in Texas, our history tests are pretty hard. You have to, it, you can't yeah. remember. It's not a, just what did this person do? It's context of what is this era? What does this picture mean for this era? And how do you know? Right. Um, so <clears throat> you don't get that by just remembering facts and just drill yeah. and kill. Science is relatively the same way. You need to be able to solve equations and stuff like that. Math, you need to be able to do that. English, you have to have a vast array of skill sets. Some of it's background knowledge, but what do you do if you don't have background knowledge? And so some of that is skill. Some of it is decoding words. And some of it is really analyzing what a question's asking. But a lot of it is just reader skills. It's being able to not be able to get lost in a text. And the only way to get kids up to that level is for them to read a lot and write a lot and think about what they're reading and writing often and reflect and take tests and write essays and write responses and do quick writes and answer multiple choice and uh, answer uh, stuff in quizzes and in games. We've done all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. It all fits. But I think this the over-reliance on games for review i think it comes from because review is boring right i think that's the first obvious one and so you mm -hmm. want to spice it up a little bit get kids engaged um but i also think it comes from it's a symptom of school everyone has reviewed before everyone you know it's it's like you you feel that but even when our team me you and our partner when we were facing star and we had to do mandatory tutorials yeah, we got a little passage heavy because of the, the sake of time and stuff. You just don't have time to really go deep on a lot of stuff if you're doing 20 minute tutorials 90 times a week. Right. Um, right. But sometimes we did straight up passage work and we worked on that for several days. We did multiple choice work and we also turned it into a game like once a week. But it was it was the variety. But we never lost fact that kids needed to read a lot and write a lot and think and talk and all of those things. And I think that's really the, the secret sauce, right? Is someone that's sitting here going, well, I'm doing my star Wars games. It's like, okay, very cool. So how are you going to counteract the skills you're missing by doing that? I think is the question because mm -hmm. we have to ask the same question when you go authentic into something, right? So let's talk about writing for a second. If you're, if kids are authentically writing, they're choosing their topics they're choosing the forms, et cetera, et cetera. They are going to have a skill gap that we have to figure out as teachers and teach to. It's not enough to just let kids write, right? It's, it's letting them write to guide them, to focus them, to really let them hone their stuff. But it's also being the educator of knowing, okay, we really got to understand this comma rule, right? <laughs> right. And, and having yeah. those moments. And so I think it's, it's extremely important just to go, okay, this is what I want to do. What am I going to do? What gaps does this lesson leave for me to fill in? And I don't think we ask that a lot when it comes to review for state testing because state testing is boring. It sucks. Kids don't like it, et cetera, et cetera. So we go to the fun thing. We go to all of that. But I think by doing that, sometimes we miss out on, on some other valuable skills. And I think that's why maybe teachers get a little frustrated about their results in the end. Okay. I I'll go there because, and, and I think, I think too, it's so funny because like some of the advice we got today as teachers, which is nothing. I just want to say I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody. I just want to keep saying that. But because I know it may come across that way. But the thing is, is the advice we got today was, OK, we're at the back end of our year. Right. 
you need to keep your routines. You need to keep your, well, okay. But then all of a sudden we have this star and they're saying, but you have to do this, this, and this, which is not really my routine. My routine is more of a workshop where I give you this thing and you work through it. Does that make sense? And also at the same time, I forgot to say, while we're doing all of this, my students are still working on their, their infographic. So they're, they're, they're still creating something that's their own. They're just in a different format. So I, I just don't want to let loose of my workshop and just make it a worksheet based, like you said, heavy, heavy passage to the point of it's just one star passage right after another. I think you can burn students out that way as well. So I'm trying to not do the star passage right now. I'm trying to find engaging information, not engaging from but in, engaging text that I think will they will find interesting. I mean, it has to do with lions and sharks and, you know, overcoming the fact that you were in a shark attack. How did you, you know, um, the one about the lions uh, this time is pretty much about how um, this this teenager saved the lions while saving the cattle by creating this something, this uh, light type thing. And so we're going to read about that. You know, how did, how did he help more than one person? So I, I think it's high. I think it'll be engaging, but yet I think once I get them engaged, that's where the magic begins. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I, if I can get them into, like you said earlier, into holes, into my passages, into my poems, if I can get them into these things, right? If I if I can get them into their own books, and we're still doing that as well. So if I can get them into all of these things, then I can teach from within that moment. Does it make sense? Because they'll be more engaged. And, you know, I'm still having them go into their silent, sustained reading. So we talked about commas and Talk today about how to use a semicolon versus a colon. You know, we that was my mini lesson. So then when they read, they have to go in and did you see where an author used a colon? Did your author, you know, did anybody have an author do that? Why did the author do that? You know, so I'm still doing that as well. So I'm trying to maintain my routine of workshop and not um, uh, disregard that importance because I think sometimes what we do is we stop everything we're doing and then it, I think it sometimes can mess up the students as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. And I think just to, I guess my, my last point on this is ultimately if you're not excited about it, if you can't even fake being excited about it, kids aren't going to be engaged anyway. Well, that's true. Right? <laughs> And yeah, and I, like I get, we all do things that we don't want to do, right? Like there's, it's just the nature of teaching. Like there's gonna be days, like I, like I hated filler days, and you, you can attest to this. I was just like, I'd be like the most energetic teacher all month long, and then one filler day, and I'm dead, and I'm like, I hate this. I'm going home. <laughs> like <laughs> I just can't do it. And so it's it does come down to that. I, there, that's a good thing and a bad thing. If you're passionate about it then the kids are probably going to connect to it. You're going to have a better lesson there. You're going to be able to pull along more kids if you're super excited on the flip side. I think people rely too much on that. And I think this is also where you get into your problems, right? 
Maybe mm-hmm. you want to do star review like a game because that's what you've been doing for 25 years. But it might not be the right thing to do. Or it might be the thing you think to do because other people are doing, but it doesn't mean that. You might also be the teacher that's like, you know what? I'm teaching this passage this way in this context at this time of the year because it's what I've always done. And it's always worked. It might not be, right? So you have to check your feelings a little bit. You have to check your own excitement. Um, and honestly, that comes with team building. Like that come like it's hard to do that for yourself sometimes. Um, but like, you know, cause I know me, like my bias would be, I would, I would be all over the place if I really just had full reign. So I need people to kind of keep me in check, um, <laughs> question why I'm doing something or, or push back on some of my more fluffy ideas. Right. And, um, and that's fine. I know that about myself. Uh, I don't catch it all the time, but I think, I think that's a, a good piece. Yes. You need to be excited. You need to be, you need to what, know what you want to do. But I think it just comes down to your why. Why are you doing this? What are the possible gaps in this lesson that you can fix later? And go for it. I mean, ultimately, you have to decide and and shoot for it. But yeah. And when you talked about games, I mean, I go ahead and play, get Kahoot and do some other stuff. I mean, I think sometimes the kids do need a break from and then just have fun and see what they know and compete against each other. I'm not against that at all. I just don't want to do every day like that because I, I think you're teaching in isolation. And I think sometimes... It needs to be more of a summative, you know, that's how I do it. But that doesn't mean you could do it at the beginning as a pre, see what they already know. Let them know they don't know anything because they're getting them all wrong and then teach them and then let them play a game afterwards and see how much they've improved. So I, I think there's always all different ways to approach it. But that's what I'm struggling with right now. In a way, I, I feel like I'm bucking the system a little bit because... <laughs> Yes, I'm doing that. <laughs> so maybe I'm a bad person. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but they say based on what your kids need. And I think my kids need this. I do. That is the ultimately you got to make the decision, right? And so mm-hmm. I love it. I love this talk. But ladies and gentlemen, let us know. Is, is Ochoa being a bad person? Send us a DM. Let us <laughs> Don't, don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> I can't believe just, you said that. I don't kidding. really want to know don't if I'm bad. Her. Only if tell me if it, I'm good. Yeah, just send me the DM. <laughs> I want to know. I'll tell her. <laughs> okay. I'll break the news to her. Anyway, thank you all for listening. This has been Crafted Draft. That's Pamela Trump, Jacob Chesley. We're two educators down here in the state of Texas doing what we love. Talking about reading, writing, workshop, and so much more. If you want more of this, join us on Patreon. You get bonus episodes every single month, bonus training videos, our Craft and Draft demo lessons, data talks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We try to make it worth your while over there. We're going to do some cool stuff coming up in the summer, I am sure. But you only get that if you're over there on Patreon. If you can't do that, subscribe so you don't miss anything. Leave a review if you have not already. Those reviews truly do help come back next week for another fantastic conversation if you want a question answered send us a dm regardless of your patreon supporter or not we love answering questions from everyone patreon questions go first but everyone else can jump in as well and with that said ladies and gentlemen know that we are here for you